Man, we're back again, man. A little late, but we yes, back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, we're back on Walk with the Walker podcast, man. And I'm telling you right now, man, I got a few things I want to touch on. Already. Okay. What do you think about this uh, March Madness, man? Do you think it's the most exciting March Madness you've had? Or you think it's a little bit of a hyperbole? What do you think about it? You know, believe it or not, I, I look at March Madness a little bit different. For some people, well, no, I'm honest. A lot of people say stuff, but they don't really mean it because you, you hear a whole bunch of people say, we, man, I, I root for the underdog. And, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with an upset here and there. But when they get out of hand, then it's because everybody can say they root for the underdog all they want to. But if Duke and Villanova and Kentucky all get kicked out and you just have a bunch of Cinderella's playing in the Final Four, the Raiders are going to tell you how much everybody really loves the underdog. You're 100% correct, man. What it is, was it was it good to see that, um, was it University of Baltimore, Maryland County? <laughs> I, I can't get it quite right, but it's awesome to see them beat the number one team. I mean, one or two Cinderella's, you know, making a story, that's good. Right. But it can't be all, and a lot of times people are just saying that because Really, to be honest with you, most people don't watch college basketball until the tournament. Right. And that's where, you know, it gets very, you know, exciting. And then, you know, you do expect a few Cinderella's. Right. But, but again, like you said, it can't be everybody. It can't be Duke. Yeah, North Carolina surprisingly got out there early. But the rates would dip down tremendously if all the big dogs were gone. Yeah. It's, it's no doubt about it, you know, and it's shown, you know, you, you, this is what everybody's goal is. They want to see a couple upsets in the early rounds, but ultimately they want to see the big boys in the final four. Exactly. And I mean, here and there, you know, like Butler was, you know, a few years ago being in the um, championship game and in the final four was because they had great coaching. That's why, you know, their coach is in the NBA now. Right. You know, and that's one of those anomaly situations. But, of course, we don't want to overwhelm the number. We don't want everybody in the Final Four uh, being uh, Florida, Gulf Coast, Atlantic. You know, we don't, we don't even know who that is. Right. We, we, we didn't even know who UMC B, uh, BC was until they right. beat, you know, the number one seed. Right. But, man, what do you think about – what do you think about, um, you know, as far as in-state, Mississippi State? And what they're doing, the men's basketball so far. Well, they've been, uh, to me, I'll be honest, with Howland and some of the recruits they've gotten, I thought they somewhat underachieved so far, you know. But um, it's impressive. I mean, they they really taking it to to Louisville tonight, you know. And maybe this, maybe they can go all the way with NIT and this will be a springboard for them next year. So they can make the tournament, maybe make the Sweet Sixteen. They you know make some noise in the tournament next year. But you know, I I think maybe this is finally the start of them turning the program around. You know, start to be a contender in the SEC again, and start getting back into the, the tournament, the NCAA tournament again. Would have loved to see, I would have loved to seen them in the tournament. You know, like I say it was a good showing tonight what they're doing in IT, but 
would love to see him in the in the in the in the, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, again, I think they did kind of underachieve this year with what they had coming in with the with the Spoon Boys. Um, but I think next year they can build up on that and maybe get an attorney and make some noise, like like you said. Yeah, it, it just takes time. Um, and I think the girls. I think to me, I think believe it or not, I think that Oklahoma they they had they had to hang in there with them for a while, you know, and pull it out at the end. They they played much better in the second half. I think that's probably gonna be one of the harder teams they'll play until they make it to the final four. I believe the next couple of games will be easier than the one against Oklahoma State. I think they definitely gonna make the final four. I think if they do, I think they if they do have to see South Carolina again, they'll beat them. But I do think this time, if they make it all the way, they will probably lose by double digit to UConn, ladies. I think uh, you're right, but I think if they, I think if they play either Carolina, South Carolina, or UConn, that's it for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I think they 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 fighting for a mound, and, and like I say. Sometimes the hardest thing to do sometimes is beat a team that you already beat before when you play them again, and they did that. They played Oklahoma State earlier in the year, and just sometimes a team is just not a good matchup for you. But, you know, they beat them both times. It was a good win against a solid team. So, you know, like I said, I think, believe it or not, the next couple of rounds leading to the Final Four will be easier games than they had in the second round. But uh, it'd be exciting to see. And I hope they go all the way, man, because, I mean, they got the potential to go all the way. Like you said, it's yeah. the matchups. I just don't know how they would match up against Carolina or uh, well, South Carolina, rather, or uh, dealing with UConn. I just don't know how they would match up in, 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 that, in those situations, what they got. Yeah. But, man, let me go to the NBA. Okay. Kevin Love came back with the Cavs, right? So right. what do you think about – what I think – you know, what I think about is basically – Kevin Love coming back, and people it's almost like people forget that he played for the Cavs. I even forget because he had been gone for a little while. You know, they're thinking, okay, this is what we got. The Cavs are a contender. That, to me, they're still the best in the East. Yeah. And, 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 and with them, when you get to be a veteran-led team like that, the seeding don't really matter anymore. You know, there's not anything they're stressing over. LeBron, you know, not concerned if they're the first seed or the – or the AC because he know what it takes to make it back to the finals. Right. Uh, he, he's going. They're going to make it back. I mean, they might. You know, they. they I don't think they'll see a game seven in the Eastern Conference. They might go to six with Toronto, or have it the seed meals, or maybe five or six with Boston. But I think they're going to make it back, and it might have a better chance because no matter what happens, Golden State is injured, and. The injuries they got, even though they're probably they're gonna make the playoffs, they're gonna be some lingering injuries, and it might be exactly what they needed. But why I'm saying them in Golden State, if Golden State is not close to 100, percent Houston could very well beat them. And I'm gonna tell you something too, the way they're playing right now, look out. Well, you got several contenders. Look out for Portland, and look out for OKC. If you look at the the Western Conference from top to bottom. I mean, the the top all the AC are like on winning streaks. Portland's on like a thirteen game, fourteen game winning streak. Uh, New Orleans Hornets, I mean, I New Orleans Hornets, but the Pelicans rather. Um, 
they won like 15 out of the last 18 games. You know, uh, if you look at Oklahoma City, they want a winning streak. I mean, Utah has won like 23 out of 24 games. 20, you know, uh, Houston has won like 23 out of 20. I mean, these, the, 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 from one to eight, man, this is probably one of the best you've seen in the Western Conference. And I mean, they're all going to be in the playoffs. They're all good. So these matchups in the Western Conference are going to be monstrous. I mean, think, just think about these series. They're going to be extended because you could see three or four game sevens. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think they're saying, like, the I think maybe from the fourth or the fifth seed all the way to, like, the eighth, they all basically virtually got the same record. You know, so it, it, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very exciting, especially in the Western Conference. You know, it's going to, a lot of, a lot of, from, from, like I said, from three, three to eight, is a lot of parity. They all basically equal. You know, you got Houston and Golden State in the front, and then basically everybody else is basically clumped together. Yep, and, and even in the East, people are not paying attention to the East, but the East is almost the same. Because if you look at the East from seed four on down, it can go either way. I mean, Cleveland is is the is the third seed in the East. They won't even go in fifty games this year. Right. Cleveland Cleveland going to go into this into the playoffs with probably forty nine wins. Right, they won't even right. fifty, and they'll get in the playoffs and they'll probably win the they'll probably win the East with winning less than fifty games because they already lost twenty nine games. They right. can't lose four games. They lose four games, they won't win fifty. Right. So, and then you look in the West again. Nobody's going to catch Golden State. Or Houston in the win column, but like you said earlier, the, the injuries. To me, the most important injury, or the biggest injury, is Steph Curry. If Steph Curry doesn't come back, one hundred percent, or he doesn't come back, and he's not able to lift and shoot, Golden State's in trouble, man. Because what he does to them offensively is spread the floor, where he hits thirty feet shots. You can't defend that. There's no way you can defend that. On one side of the court, so when he shoot, when he shoots those three 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 pointers, he's already on the other side of the court. The other the team has already set, got the defensive sets, and it's making it so confusing because if you if you don't guard him on the thirty feet, he'll go in on you. So Steph Curry is the is not the best player on the team. It's Kevin Durant, but the most important because of how he changed the game. I, I said like this right here, and people might think I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe this. They can win a title without Durant. They've done it before. They cannot win a title without Steph. Right. Only it's thing just that simple. And I agree with you. Saying, only thing that Durant did last season when he came to Golden State was he pretty much guaranteed they'll win. Even without him, they still would be in contention to win the uh, this finals. It just would have been harder. But when no, he came to Golden State, Pretty much, I just when 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 they when he when he signed, I said that's it. They're gonna win it. It was almost like you remember when we was in school, we were younger when Dennis Rodman went to Chicago Bulls. Uh huh. And what 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 did people start saying? Man, Chicago might win seventy games. Right. People were saying that before he they even won seventy games right. because what he brought to the team it wasn't that he could score a lot of points. It was the fact that he can rebound twenty times. So you giving Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen five or six or seven more possessions a game. You can't give a great players like that five or six or seven more possessions a game. Right. And you give them good defense. So the same I had I had the same feeling I had with with uh Dennis Rodman. 
that I had with Kevin Durant, they're going to win automatic. So the only thing he did was guarantee a championship. But again, I'm like you. Kevin Durant could be hurt. And they, and they would still probably have a chance. But Steph Curry can't because of how his game, how he changed the game on the court. 30 feet, 35 feet, three-pointers, and he hits them, that's, it's unguardable. And he's the best shooter ever. Yep. I, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Uh, it, it's crazy. Like I say, I, I, one thing about it, I hope they at least get to close, all of them get close to 100% as possible. It's just like they kind of, like, they're just going through some bad time right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they all happen to get injured. At the same time, you know, and but I'm believe 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 it or not, and this is a goes back to greatness of LeBron James again. And I don't know if this is almost like it's a superhuman characteristic. He just don't get hurt, man. He don't. He don't, I, man. I think it's almost like with Tom Brady. I keep going back to this, and I can compare. If I can compare anybody, and I'm just I'm at the point where I am, I have I've been reluctant to talk about Tom Brady as being the greatest, but I'm more and more, even with even in a defeat, Tom Brady still shines. Right. That's kind of how I look at LeBron. Even in defeat, LeBron still shines individually. You got to look what he's doing in his 15th season. He's setting records in double in uh, double doubles. He's setting records in uh, triple doubles in his 15th season. Now defensively, right. again, defensively he's not he's not as good as he used to be, and, and that would be a problem in the playoffs. But offensively, he's probably the most polished in his career. Offensively, and see, my thing is, I think he still can be a, a great defender when he wants to be. But I think he has to exert so much energy on the offensive side of the ball. He just picks his spots on defense now. You know what I'm saying? If if I think if they need a defensive play, he can still do it. If he needs to run somebody down and block a shot, he can still do it. But it happens with Jordan, with Kobe. Toward the end, the thing that slacks off a little bit is the defense, you know. But check this out. Here's another thing I want to – now, this, I, I could be wrong, but this is something I want you to uh, kind of chime in and you give me your opinion. He's trying to he's trying to get eighty two games. That's his quest. He wants to play eighty two games. I just don't think that's a good idea. I just think that he needs to focus in on playoffs. You know, get get you about maybe seventy five games. The last four, five, or six games, the, the pretty much the season is pretty much. It doesn't even matter about the seeding. You're gonna get in the playoffs. Just go ahead and get you about five games of rest. Six games of rest. Get ready for the playoffs. And do your thing there. I don't really see the reason of trying to play the two games. I mean, I know it's a personal thing you want to do in your 15 season and say, I in my 15 season, I did 82 games. Unless you just feel like you're just throwing in the towel and you don't think you can win the championship, you just want to do personal accolades. But I don't really see the reason of doing it. There's no need. I mean, at this point in your career, you ain't going to improve nobody. You know, if people going to try to hold it against you because you play, you miss three games during the season, then so be it, you know. I mean, people going to – it's always going to be there. It's going to always be an excuse. And it is what it is, you know. I mean, you still – you've been lead leader, leader in minutes per game for how long now? Almost a decade. So, you deserve that time off. You're an older player. You know, you still 
close to your prime, you on the back end of your prime, but you still the best player. Having an improvement, body, you know, take some take some game off here and there, or or play a half or do something. Maybe if you don't, if you want to play two games, just play play half of each quarter. Just play twenty twenty five minutes down the stretch or something like that. Right. He's playing a lot of minutes. Uh, even this year, he's playing a whole lot of minutes, and I think he's having to. Uh, because that's the only way they can hold up and even be, you know, uh, uh, valid as far as winning games. But to me, I just don't understand. I, and maybe that's what he'll do. Maybe the last four, maybe the last seven, eight games, he'll just probably kind of play 25 minutes just to be in the game, maybe get about 15 points, you know, a few little things here and there, and kind of just sit out and just prepare for the playoffs. I think that's what he's going to do. He's not going to play the full game as he, you know, because you got to prepare for the playoffs. You got to get your rest in because this year, to me, Toronto and Boston will be a harder feat for them. I don't think that it'd be just a cakewalk to go to the playoffs this season. And no, I think the Kyrie people are discounting the Kyrie Irving deal. That was a big three. And now they don't have the big three anymore. And that's the reason why I think the Cavs are not as good as they were last season. People say that they're better with the trade, but to me they're they're they were a better team last year than they were this year. That's why I know if 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 they get in the playoffs, they come out the East. To me, if they go against Golden State, it'll be even worse. Right. I, 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. Or Houston. I totally agree. Because, yeah, think about it. Kyrie Irving brought a lot to that team. And he was he was basically the, the, the second man. And then, Kurt, you know, Kevin Love was the third guy. They're having to resurface the team and, re, and restructure it. But them losing him at at the point guard position and wait and the and the scoring he brought in will be heavily missed in the playoffs because the game slows down. So they're gonna be cold they're gonna be cold spells you're gonna need a third score or that second man that can get to the hoop. And he was the best finisher in the game. I mean, you know, Kyrie Irving could finish better than anybody. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um he is a very talented offensive player, you know, but I, I just, you know, I think one thing about LeBron, he can prove it. He can get any cast of characters, at least get them to the finals. And they have an advantage. You know, you're definitely going to miss Kyrie, but you got, you got more energy, more athleticism, younger. So it, who knows what might happen? You know, I'm still favoring Houston or, or Golden State, but. I don't think it'll be a sweep or anything. I think, honestly, they might be able to get six games as opposed to five. I honestly believe, and, and this is me, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. I honestly believe Houston is the favorite, in my opinion, right now. Uh, Houston is the favorite right now uh, until further notice, until I see something with Golden State has got everybody healthy. I can't see Houston losing to Golden State, of course. Even if they were healthy, I think it'll still be, a, it'll be difficult for for Golden State to beat them because of what they're doing this season. Yeah. I mean, and one thing about it, it it sounds crazy, but when Paul and Harden and Capella all play, I think they've lost like maybe one or two games all season. Right. And you got to understand what Chris Paul does to that team. Chris Paul – presence on that team is so enormous that you really can't account for it. Think about any team he's played on. They've been a playoff contender. Now, we're not saying that Chris Paul led him to a championship, 
what Chris Paul has done to any organization. Think about the before he came. Before Chris Paul came to that organization, they were losing organization. They weren't winning games. Yeah, I mean, he changed, you know, he, I mean, he had not always had the help he needed, so he's been kind of taking a bad, get some bad pressure that, you know, he, he doesn't win or he doesn't come up big, but, you know, he, he, I mean, he had athletes, that's cool, but I don't think he had the true player needed because you can have DeAndre Jordan, but he's good defensively, he can rebound, he can shoot free throws, he can't make, he's not really in the post moves, so. Same thing. I've never been a big Blake Griffin fan. I think he's overrated. So he's never really had that squad that can take my way. But with these two guys, it's hard to defend because I think they might end up being the first two players in, the, in NBA history where both of them average over eight assists a game. You know, it's the, you don't see that ever with two people on the same team, both of them averaging over eight assists, you know. But am I wrong for saying that Clint Capella, the, 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 um, the center for Houston, is a star? Not a superstar, but he's a star, or at least on the tip of point of being a star. Am I wrong for saying that? Oh, he, he he's he, I like him. He's a he's a fiery player. Uh, he's a little undersized for position, but man, he's gonna get you rebounds, play solid defense. I think he's a he's a really good player. He I think uh, Adams from he from um. Uh, Okay, okay, she's also a good player, underrated. You know, he can definitely do some things. I think they definitely could be, you know, solid starters, solid, solid stars. You know, I would never put them, say they superstars, but I, they, I could definitely see them being stars. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, he's early in his career. You know, Clint Capella's really just learning on the fly. Right. And I think that, you know, in about maybe one or two more seasons, you got to put the star tag on him because of what he's done this year. I mean, he's put up some nice numbers this year, and he's a he's a tough nosed player. I mean, he's much better this year than he was last year. Right. You know, so I think he's improving a whole lot. And then you know, under Mike D'Antoni's system, he's going to get his points. You know, Mike D'Antoni. And then think, let me tell you the difference I think between Mike D'Antoni's system now is that he's getting the points offensively, but defensively, Houston's not. They playing defense. Yeah, I mean, and they that even Harden who's not a great defender, never will be a great defender. At least he's putting in effort in trying to play defense now. I mean, back in the day, he would, he's just a freeway. He wouldn't try to put in the effort, just easy layup if he in front of you or whatever. But now he, at least he's attempting to be defend. And I guess, you know, sometimes Chris Powell, who is a great uh, defender, get a rub off on you, you know what I'm saying? If he's if he putting in the effort, you know, maybe it makes him want to try to do the same thing, you know. I went to a um... – I went to a Memphis and OKC playoff game a few years back, really a good while ago. And, you know, Memphis games, you know, I, I'm not far from Memphis, so we go to Memphis games often. And I saw OKC play, right? And I had – what I did was I sat down and I studied the, the, the three, which was Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. And there were three different things right. about them. First of all, Durant, I said, okay, Durant is the best, the better shooter of the three. He can shoot better than, than the three. And that's debatable now with James Harden because James Harden mid-range right. might be better. Right. Okay, the, the next thing I said was Westbrook got the best court vision. He, he's the better court vision guy. He could, he's the most athletic. 
guy, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I said about Westbrook uh, of, of the three. You know what I said about James Harden? What's that? He's he's a little bit of everything. He got a little a lot of athleticism. Not as much as what probably was Westbrook, but he's up there. He can shoot. Not probably as good as Durant, but he can shoot better than than Westbrook. But he's probably right under Durant if you're talking about just shooting. Uh, but what he had him was, to me, he can he can move with the ball like a, like a ballerina or a musician better than all three. And to me, that made him the better of all three players. Now, I may have been saying that early on because I'm looking at what he was doing on the court. Because I saw him go on the court, man, and he did a reverse dunk like it was nothing. I mean, it, it was real easy for him. And then he turned around right. and caught the three. Right. It wasn't always going in, but that's why, that's why I think Harden is so good because he can do a little bit of everything on the court that you need to be done. Now, defensively, no. Uh, but he's better this year. For whatever, I don't know if they're working with him defensively. I don't know if he's hearing it from the press, but he is better defensively. Right. But I, I totally agree. Like I say, it shows he's he he puts in the effort. You know, is he a great defender? No. When you think about Jane Hart, you're gonna never say, Oh, he one of the best defenders. No. But I mean, it ain't about being the best defender. It's just about simply putting in some effort, you know, and trying to defend, you know. And even now, if you think about James Harden now compared to then. He's a better player now than he when he was when I first uh, analyzed and observed him playing in Memphis. He's a better offensive player uh, because of the system that he plays and he starts. You know, he never he never started at OKC. He was coming out the bench as six man, and he still did his right. thing. But in, but in Houston, he started which he should have been starting in OKC, and I've been saying he should have started. Right. And he's showing you why he deserved to be one of the top players in the league and, and will be. He just really getting into his prime fully. He got about four or five more years in his prime where he can really ball. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Definitely. No doubt about that. And uh, I want to kind of change something up a little bit. It's gonna get a little deep, but I know we deal with it. I think we got a lot of insight about this, and it's not about. It's about recruiting, but it's not about talking about in the recruits around the state because. A lot of people know who they are, and we're going to have many times. We will discuss that later on as we get closer to to uh, spring jamborees or fall in, you know, into football season. But uh, I want to talk about basically the recruiting process, the the eyes and ends of it, what parents' parents' responsibility as, for, and as well as player responsibility, and basically what they should expect of uh, out of coaches, and I also want to throw in there some things that I see, and I'm sure you see too, how these um, these 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 recruits, a lot of things are going on with and happening to them, and honestly, it's going to be a hindrance to their development down the line. So I just wanted to start out there. You can start it off. I can start it off if you want to. I'll let you take the him, and I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come behind you. I think I got something really good for you because uh, I, I know you have good insight, just like I do. Uh, my thing is, we can start. We we can always we'll start it out by just talking about the process first, and we we go to the the how that been the hindrances on the on the back end. But basically, first thing you know, and I know now, we we, we stress we're trying to get people out there. It, it, I learned. And I and I, I've learned from this too. Parents and football players, I think the expectations of what 
the coach first and foremost is supposed to do is a little too high. Honestly, outside the coach may be putting you in the right position so that college can look at you and you know, really kind of evaluate you. So my thing is, in Mississippi, a lot of times you have, in basketball and football, you have people playing out of position. You, you'll see, because the coach will put them in a position that fits their needs. I can understand you want to win because about the program, but if I, I would like to coach more times. If you have a football player and you know that they – Underside, but you got them playing a middle linebacker. But rather, you know, they only shot in college would be is to be a strong safety. Then start putting them in there at that, so coaches in college can evaluate them and see what they really have. It's hard to evaluate you when you're not playing a position that we're gonna see you playing in the future. Also, um, now that's one responsibility. I think the other thing is just mainly, and it's simple, any type of letters or any type of communication that you receive from these colleges or from these recruiters do the right thing and give it to the give it to the to the players don't hold letters don't hold correspondence them the only things i expect out of coach if you want to you know just get put them in a position where they can be evaluated by these colleges and the second thing is give them their correspondence they receive from these colleges because there's no need for letters to be sitting in a coach's desk. They're not for you. More than likely, your name is not on them. They probably sent to that student. So it's your responsibility to get that student or that, that athlete his letters. And they, outside that, I think they hold the coach too responsible for things. You know, they won't. The, I don't think the coach should be involved. And I, I don't, the coach had too much to do. Already, my coaching team, let's be realistic. A coach can't spend his time calling coaches about every player. If he did that, it wouldn't be no time to coach. Absolutely. And and, and, and you're 100% correct on everything you said. I don't, actually, I don't disagree with anything you said. And let me go even further. Um, you have a lot of coaches in the state of Mississippi, right? We just talking about this, just the state where we live in. Right. Okay, we have a lot of good coaches that know the game. That know that they've coached the game for years. They 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 spend a lot of time in film room. They're putting players in position to, to fit their team. But like we said, we can just we can look at an example with the Pearl Pirates last year, the the, the six A defending champions, right? Mm-hmm. We can name at least four or five players out of position that we think was out of position. That would fit them on on the next level. We're talking about the next level. We're not talking about high school. We're talking about the next level. High school, they were in that position that they that they could fit in, right? And it worked out for them. But on the next level, it was out, it was it was not in their best interest. So we, we can't blame the coaching for that because the coaching again is just doing what they what they can to win the game at that level. But right. where the family and where the where the mothers and where the fathers come in and, and, and uncles and aunties, where they come in is, is making sure that these kids get the counts, they get the exposure. And that's why that's why we have the page, you know, uh, you know, future college, college prospects. Because what we do is on that on that um, actual Facebook page, we put people we, we try to get families and concerned, you know, fans and, and what have you. To get these camps that are available for twenty dollars, maybe up, maybe up to fifty. I don't think we posted anything 
that was over over fifty dollars. Get them signed up so they can get to the position, and and also improve. It's about improvement and about exposure. And and that's the thing too. It's not you can't sit there and think say okay the coach needs to do this the coach needs to do that. The parents got to be more involved in this process too because it's gonna take some it's gonna take some it's gonna take some work on your end. It's gonna take. Twenty dollars here, thirty dollars here, fifty dollars there. It's gonna take some time, y'all getting up and getting on the road to go to these places to be seen. But at the end of the day, it's worth it for your. Ch- like again, I stress this: a few twenty dollars here and a few thirty and forty dollars here for the opportunity for your ch- your child to get exposure and possibly get a free education. It's well worth it in the end. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. Is for free. You're going to have to do a little work. You can't sit here and complain about where the coach ain't doing this, coach ain't doing that, and then you're not doing nothing on your end. Because I'm going to say this one time, and I may reiterate again, but I'm going to say it one time. The coach's responsibility is this right here. There are three levels. They are to coach the game of football, right? They are mm-hmm. to hold practices, and they are to be responsible for your players on the in the game. That's it. They, 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 they don't have any other responsibility outside of that. When they hold those practices and, they, and they're in the game, that's it, man. They, they, don't, they don't really do anything, have to do anything. Football season, people think football season lasts. They think it lasts from August to December. It doesn't. Football season is all year round. Right. Basketball season is all year round. Track season, any sport that you play in, soccer. It's all year round. It's not. It doesn't end when the season ends. To me, that's when it really begins. The work you put in after the season is where you make the progress. It's not with doing the season. Ask any NFL player that's played in the league for right. years what they do in the off season. Ask Tom Brady what he do. Ask Larry Fitzgerald what he eats in the off season. And that, that, that's that's the key right there, man. It's 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 it's, it's the work all the way around that everybody puts in. And then I'm going to also put some responsibility on the player itself because you got to make it known that you want to go to the camp because most, you know, your your your, your family going to be there and your parents going to be there to support you at every game. But they don't know about these camp schedules. They don't know what's going on. And if you don't ever tell them, hey, I, this is what I want to do and this is how we can go about doing it. It's a camp here that I would like to go to. If they have responsibility too, everybody has some responsibilities. And the thing about it, I think too much to the expectations on the coaches too high, but in the expectations that the parents and and the athlete have is way way too low. Great point. That's a great point. Actually, that's the best point of all of it. Because yeah, think about it. That that's a that's an actual chemical imbalance. You just you just stated was a chemical imbalance when you expecting the coach to be Mr. Everything when he's not supposed to be. Again, his responsibility is to make sure he's responsible in coaching your, your player on the team and he's holding practices. That's it. But, and, and again, I'm going to go back to this. The only thing I, don't, I want coaches to do, and, and I, we know this happened, is don't, don't withhold you know, offers from the, the prospect. If prospect have an offer, no matter where it's from, if you went to Jackson State and he had an offer from Alcorn, don't withhold that offer. If you went to Mississippi State 
and the player got off from Ole Miss, that's that's that player's future. Your obligation is to make sure that you make sure that you make sure he does well in high school. Okay, that you coach the game. That's that's what you get paid for. You don't get paid to withhold offense. And it's it's been like this. Urban legend, maybe maybe it's true. I don't know. Maybe it's not. That you've been hearing for years, where players have letters, or the coach might have a drawer or full of letters to a player, and he ain't never gave them to. Him. And that's wrong. And that's wrong, man. You know, coaches should never have that much power to where they are, are withholding letters from a prospect. A prospect, that's their life. Not the coach's life, because guess what? Uh, when these players leave this year and play football, the coaches still be coaching at Pearl. They still be coaching at Brandon. They still be coaching at Tupelo, South Panola. Those coaches will still be coaching. And high school coaches coach for 20, 30 years, man. You know, the people been – look, Marcus Balls from Pedal have been coaching since I was in high school before. You know, uh, um, the coach of South Panola that went back to South Panola, he's been coaching for 20, 30 years. No matter right. who's got their careers last a lifetime or longer, you know? And so my, my thing is don't withhold these guys that have a, a, a lifespan in the college football for four years and you're still coaching at the high school level for 25, 30 years, 35 years. You know, like Bobby Hall, been coaching for in Amory and been different places. You're coaching for 30 years. Your, 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 your life is set. This is what you're going to be doing right. for the rest of your life until, until you pass away. You're going to be coaching. And that's the difference between coaches. Coaches can coach for, forever, man. I mean, if you think about some of the young coaches, they, they can coach for 30, 30 years from now. They can still be coaching on the high school level. You know, right. they may move up. But that's the reason why, another reason why I frown on coaches' power because, man, these guys have four years. And not, now all these guys are going to be in the NFL. There's only a certain few that will go in the NFL. Not everybody will make it there, but the prospects that I do, at least again, they get a free education. That's the big key, the free education. And and and, and then let's be realistic, not not NFL, but most 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 high school football players are not going to get no college scholarship to play football. Exactly. So when they when they when they play high school football, they mean that they may be their last time playing football. You know, the, the last time I'm, – I'm, I'm not saying a pickup game. I mean, if all of us had played a pickup game, I didn't play a high school football, but I played a pickup game last week. Right. But what I'm saying is, is this is the last time they were actually getting a uniform and play for a team uh, in their career, lifetime. And that, that has to be noted too. I mean, there are players on championship teams from South Panola that never played a snap. In college, well, not one step. And that's the thing, man. It's just the ones that are blessed enough to have that talent and be fortunate enough to get a scholarship or get some attention from colleges. You 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 don't you don't have the right to control who does and doesn't communicate with them. Right. I mean, whatever they get, give it to them immediately. I mean. I mean, that's that, that, not your job. Now, if that's going to be your job that you do that, then everything I said about parents' expectations, then their expectations need to be through the roof of Utah. Because if you're going to control 
what type of course one they get, then basically, then you need to be responsible for getting them into college. Right, and then to me, when when a when a when a coach takes an offer, he's not really making sure that the, that the prospect is getting it. You're taking the role of a parent. You take and, and by the way, parents shouldn't even do that. Parents shouldn't withhold the prospect because again, the prospect is out there performing. It's not the parent. Parents should be supportive in any decision that they make. But even the parents shouldn't have the power to hold or withhold. So to me. That should, to me, honestly speaking, it should be illegal to do that. And, I, and I, I really mean that. I think it should be illegal for a coach to withhold any offer from a prospect. And I agree. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly. And then, I guess the main thing, now this could rump some people feathers more than what we just talked about, is I feel that the detriment that's being done to a lot of these players, and I see it all around, and I hear about it all around, and you can see it just looking on TV. Um, a lot of these players are getting treated like they superstars and adults by adults, and it's detrimental to their development. And it does. It, it's nothing good comes out of it in the end. What I'm saying this is, mm-hmm. you got fans all over this country, high schools, you know, that put these high school players on pedestals. These are kids. So, if you got people are always praising you on your back, patting you, praising you, patting you on your back, you know, this making excuse and defending you when you do wrong. Won't let, won't, won't let you become a young man and even own up for things when you make a mistake. And once you think you defending or you stand up for that part, that, that player, you really hurt them. Another good point, man. Think about it like this. There's a lot of players, not just in the state of Mississippi, but around the United States, because they're so talented on the high school level and they play football or any sport. They're, they're not held accountable for making bad decisions. And to me, the measure of a man is not so much what they do, what they're good at, is what they do. It's what you do when they're bad at too. Mm-hmm. It's how you deal with the bad. At. And so my thing is, they got to be a certain level of responsibility for even the great players in any sport. You gotta, you gotta hold them accountable for making bad decisions. And to me, they make some better. To me, what you do on the court and on on the field. You know, it also needs to be a face with you off the field. And and and, 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 it's, and it's almost like you have grown folks that's almost trying to be like kids' friends now. And like, you know, we it, 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 it's crazy. Like, you know, they are, you know, they we 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 are parted together, or we'll be at the same places, or we are. Commiserate like we all on the same level in the same time. That ain't the situation. Them kids, right? They are, and you, you basically introducing them to something they don't need to be around. They don't need to be a part of, and it's just kind of crazy because we older school guys, and and we at least can say this: 
we've all seen some things, but at least back in our day, if we knew or grew up around people that were they wasn't always on up and up and they did things wrong. But if they saw that kid that had potential, they would at least not try to introduce them to the lifestyle that they live in. Let me tell you something, man. I'm going to tell you a little story uh, that happened to me earlier this year or last year. There was a, there was a particular prospect. Not going to mention the name, not going to mention the school. He had been contacting me via Twitter because, you know, I keep up with a lot of the prospects, especially in football. You know, I love high school football. So I was keeping up with a lot of things that was going on. And he he was actually on the brink of getting that it does. And um, he had been considered. Mm-hmm. So I had to lose my from the inside, and they told me basically he's not going to get it based off some things that were happening. So basically, I told him, I said, man, you know, there are some things that you have been associated with, you know, and, you know, that kind of is taken away from your potential to get that. You know, it's not the fact, I mean, because Dana doesn't care. a lot of different weight. It's not just about what you do on the field. There's also some things about your potential um, offers and things like that. And um, also how you're doing academically. And so what I was trying to explain to him was, I said, man, stay out of trouble, get your grades up, and do your thing, and just have a good season. But to me, you know, if you think about, for instance, just, just, just think about a person that was good last year, not just past season. We'll just think about Cam Akers. Right. Cam Akers was, of course, a five-star recruit. He was probably right. one of the best high school players, come, you know, come through Mississippi. But not only that, man, you never heard any off-the-field issues with Cam Akers. You, right. you didn't hear anything about him academically. You didn't hear anything about him getting any issues. Cam Akers was just doing his thing on the field. And rightfully so. He went to he went to the college level and he set records. I mean, even in his freshman year, he got over a thousand yards rushing. I mean, he's doing his thing. We knew when we saw him play against Pearl that that's, that that was something special. We knew before that. We knew his 10th grade year. You know, and so my thing was too. I think the the perfect athlete are in anything you do. It don't have to just be athletic. It could be anything you do. It's also how you do where you at and also at home. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want a counselor, a mental health counselor counseling me. If he if he has issues at home or is a marriage and family counselor is out here cheating on his wife. You know what I'm saying? I want somebody that's at least trying to right. show me that he's doing what he can to be an example, and and that's what counts too. Now, and, I, I mean, and we're just talking about the player, the player's responsibility, because they're young, and we and right. you have to be yeah, as a fan. And and, and I know what you're saying as a fan, we can't just say, "Oh, we're not going to talk about him because he's good." No, we have to reprimand him because because he's good, because he's good and has potential. And when he does wrong, or that person or that athlete does wrong. We have to reprimand him for it. But that's the in in this issue is just too many enablers now. It's it's far too many enablers that even when they're doing wrong, they run in with the excuse or they trying to go off and it ain't about that. Because you you're not helping them. You you basically what you're doing is detrimental to them. And and the same thing, and I see this around the country, because I, I, I have friends. We also have 
children that's that's older, high school thing. And it's still some of the stories you hear. All this stuff ain't just stuff they make up on movies. You got kids all around here that really ain't really being forced to really do what they're supposed to do in the classroom or even attend school on a regular basis. And basically what you're doing is this child, no matter how talented they are, they're not going to school on a regular basis. So if you're not going to school on a regular basis in high school, there's nothing that's going to, a light not going to pop on usually in college that's going to make you start going to class because you hadn't had that discipline of being or going to class in the first place. <laughs> then you, you, you're pulling all strings uh, make it, to keep them eligible in high school. You're not holding them accountable for you just doing what they're supposed to do and getting their grade. Now, if you have a problem where you're trying as hard as you can and you're not making a grade, I can understand it. But when you're not giving any effort, you're not even showing up to school, but they're trying to pull strings just to keep you eligible long enough for you to play high school football, you setting them up to fail. Basically, that's all they're doing. You're setting them up to fail because and, – and, and it really tells how much you truly care about them too because you want them – you want these kids to succeed in life, not just on the football but field. it goes back to what you said earlier. Or on, or on a basketball go back to what you said earlier. You know, the coaches are just basically to do one job. If, if, if it's on a high school level, they don't – they're not obligated to – Make sure that the, the, that the athlete or the prospect or what have you makes it the next level. Their idea is just to win on, on their level. It's on the high school level. They can right. give, you know, high school coaches could give a damn. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying every high school coach, but they could give a damn, honestly, what these these prospects do or what these players do when they graduate. They they don't care. They when they graduate, that's it. They don't they they don't have to follow them. Uh, they can unfollow right. them on Twitter. They can move on because if they won or didn't won, they got out of them what they got out of them. So it doesn't really even matter to the coaches in that regard because they're not really even concerned about their livelihood after the fact. It's really more about what can you do for me right now to make sure that my legacy is fulfilled on the high school level. And then after you play football for me for four years or three years, you're going to be in the stands like everybody else, being a fan. Right. I mean, you really, and I, I hate to say this, all you're doing basically is just getting a, another young person ready to work for the city or work for the fast food restaurant or work stocking shelves at Walmart or Kroger. At, at nighttime or something like that. And it's really sad, you know. It's sad and, and it happens and, often. And like I said, like I said before, you know, these players have to understand and these families have to understand to invest in your invest in your prospect. Invest in your prospect, man. Don't let your prospect fall by the wayside because yeah, it sounds good for them to be winners in high school. But guess what? Five, ten years from now. You, they can always say they won a championship. And I'm not just talking about this year or before. I'm talking about any time in any sport. But how much would they ever be remembered? You know, how much would yes, these yes, Again, a coach can win a, a championship in 2018, right? He can legit win a championship. Right. 
And he'd be told to coach for 20 years. For 20 years later, it could be 2038, and he'd be coaching another team. You could be on the championship team 20 years ago. You might not even be alive. You might not even be remembered. But that coach going to be there. And, and I'm going to say this, too. And it's, and, and it's, and it's rampant all over, you know. And it, it, it's, it's not one place. It just happened everywhere because it's like you have grown-ups that's so keen to try to be cool with the star players or basically be fans that they either turn a blind eye or even – I, or even in some cases, I'd be one of the main people that introduce themselves. So my thing is to the, to the parents, these is kids. It's okay to root for them, but y'all, y'all, we too old to be trying to act like we group as a kids. So my thing is, if you know it's promising prospects out there, and you know they're going down the wrong path, you be it with drinking, little marijuana, drugs here and there smoking or whatever and you normally don't pull them to the side and try to straighten them out or you don't say nothing or you be the one that's cool with sitting around and smoking with them or drinking with them or whatever you dead wrong and what you're doing is, is you destroying their kid all their talent is going to waste mm-hmm. exactly going to complete waste and and, and you know what and I know we're going to wrap this up but I want to say one thing uh, we have a trend going on, and maybe it's just me thinking about this, but we have a trend going on in high school football in Mississippi. And I want people to look at, the, you know, and I'm not saying that the SWAT needs a more attention because they the SWAT get players, but a lot of the players right. that fall through the cracks that don't get the chance to go to the ACC, and can't everybody go? Can't everybody go to ACC? Just like we said earlier. Some basketball players, their last game is in high school. They don't, they don't play on the next right. level. They're not getting offers. Right. When they play in high school, championships or they win or play, that's the last time they can say they played a game. That's it. That's it. You know, um, but for the players that have an opportunity, don't overlook the swag. You know, the swag is historically black. And, you know, they, you know of course, they don't have the best coaching they don't have the best players, but it is, you know, college football. And I've even had people, I've even had to create people and say that they didn't even consider this swag D1 football. But it is. Right. And, and, and my thing is, everybody is not going to get the scholarship to play college football. It's just like it's a small percentage that go to NFL. It's a small percentage they play. They get those guys that go play college football. So, and then you break it down further, even less people are going to get those Power Five scholarships, right? You know, so 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 think about that. You know, it's probably literally if you think about it on the high school level, it's probably man millions of high school football players. But you're talking about. It's probably about a hundred, a hundred plus, a hundred twenty, hundred thirty D one football programs. I guess the, on the the FBS. So I think the rule is like twenty five scholarships. So you you talking about roughly twenty five hundred, maybe three thousand scholarships out of millions. 
to the Power Five. Mm-hmm. So you think about that again. Millions of scholarships, millions of, or at least hundreds of thousands of football players. Let, let, let's just say hundreds of thousands. But you're talking about maybe 2,500, 3,500 Power Five conference scholarships. I mean, no, no, not that many. I'm talking about Power Five. You're talking about, because you're talking about Power Five, you're talking, you're talking about maybe about, about basically about 60, 60 teams. So you're talking about even less than 1,500, 2,000 Power Five scholarships. Right. Maybe 2,500, 3,500 FBS scholarships. So don't just rule out. Not not mm-hmm. just the swag, but even less the NCAA Division Two mm-hmm. and Division Three in NAIA. My whole thing is a four years free college is four years free college, no matter if it's swag, no matter if it's lower than the swag. Division Two, no matter if it, if it's the the Power Five conference or whatever, don't just turn a blind mm-hmm. eye because there's many kids that were talented enough to get a scholarship, but they thought, quote unquote. That this level of football was beneath them, but you hadn't been offered by the Power Five or the bigger schools, and you end up with nothing. Absolutely, and and that's the problem, you know. And again, even these, and, and I'm gonna say this, and you know, and I'm gonna let it be in, and you can add anything you want to, or, or, or go and expand if you want to. Even these players that come out of high school and they don't get P five offers, they and they go JUCO. You know, Hines or ICC or any any other JUCO across the state or, or other states. They didn't even consider the SWAT. In two years, what's so different? Now, some players, now to to their in their defense, some players might get a P five off after two years, but usually most of the time when that happens, is that they, they were already considered for P five at the out of high school. However, right. they just didn't have the grades or did something didn't work out and they had to go JUCO and they may have double signed or the team that wanted them in the P5 said, okay, after you do a year in JUCO, you, you can come on up and see us. But right. these players that come out of high school, they only got JUCO offers thinking that they can get, you know, P5 offers. That's very slim to none. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying the probability is very low. So when these teams like Ramblin, Alcorn, you know, North Carolina A&T, Hampton University, when these teams come at you and they say, hey, we want to offer you two more years to play football, I want the prospects to understand. That's an offer. Yes, sir. And, and, and what you better – and, and I'm, I'm, I'm about all about conversation. And you better – some things are red flag. If your grades are pretty good, you got you got the t- and you got the standardized test scores, ACT, SAT, or whatever, and the only offers you're getting are from JUCO colleges, then, like you said, you can go there. But nine times out of ten, the offers you're getting when you leave there are not going to be power five. And I'm sure you have you have you no know, cases with anything, you know, but on average. You're not gonna get those offers. Not gonna get those offers at all. And that's what's so disappointing about these prospects, man. I don't know where they've been taught. I don't know who's taught who's telling them this, but that's a trend needs to change. Especially especially in Mississippi. I totally agree. I totally agree. It has to change and 
our thing is with us and other good brothers that we are dealing with, we want to help do our part to help it change. You know what I'm saying? My thing is let's try to get as many of these kids into college with these four year scholar with these four year scholar you no know, scholarships as possible, you know. Cause I mean, is we love love to see a few, you know. I mean, think about it. This is the this is the raw facts about it. In the in the and we're not gonna go to, to hands and, and matters. We're just gonna talk about simply Rankin County. Okay. And these are the pure statistics. This is the truth of all the great players and teams that have been in Rankin County. You can probably name on one hand. But most definitely, no more than two. The players that play NFL football. Yep. So that's that's the eyes that you up against. So it's not just about oh, this boy can play NFL football. The main thing is, is you trying to you trying to have upstanding men that have careers and go on to do other things, not just play. Hopefully for this this miracle chance, one in a million chance of playing football, but get their scholarship and use it towards something to become professionals in this world, be it in, be it in the sports world, be it columnists or reporters or, or or all type of professional things in the in sports world, sports management agents, coaches, or also other things, doctors, lawyers, but you know, because the eyes of being the NFL player are stacked against you. The eyes of being a long-time NFL player are even even more stacked against you. And the eyes of being an NFL greater Hall of Famer is almost and, and throw the number at me. I know you know the number. Throw the number at me again. What what's the what's the average lifespan of any I mean I mean just commutative average of an NFL football player? About three Three point four, just just say three and a half years. So you you do the math. You you twenty one, twenty two, and at twenty five, twenty four, your NFL career is over. And it happens every year. Every, every year, year, you have players that be in the league, and the next year not in the league anymore. That's why you right. have a draft. Why why do you think we have a draft every every year? Because you're looking for the next best yeah. thing. And not not the NFL right. doesn't pay off everybody. They may make it to the NFL, they may get there. But they may be that person last and, year. And and like you said, the average is three point four, three and a half years. So that means you got some above it, but like anything else, you got some below it. So you got some that don't make it but a, a year, year or two and they're out the league. They're not they sit at the house watching football games like everybody else are. When we talk when we talk about uh Eli Manning uh, we talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we talk about Larry Fitzgerald. We're talking about the cream of the crop. We're talking about guys that's been in the league 15, 13, 14, 15 years. We're talking about the extreme uh, 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 end of the spectrum. We're not talking right. about the vast majority. The vast majority no. doesn't have that lifespan. Or even a running back. The average running back might do four to five years. And that's because of uh, all the trauma and the physical, you know, injuries that they have to endure in a season. The NFL, just the physicality of the NFL is already difficult. But when you talk about the lifespan, it's just that without the physicality, you don't have that long. And, and, and just say, just say, just say you're a good player. But just say, 
you 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 you're a first rounder, but you're not one of the top ten or fifteen for you at the bottom half of the first round. So just say you get one of these contracts is you know, the rookie contract, it's not toward the top. It ain't one of those in the 25, 28, 27 million. It's, it's one of these that's, you know, six or seven million dollars. Which you say, that's six, seven million dollars. But, okay, but you get that contract, but after that, you only get that, you only get that one contract. And it sounds like a lot, but you still you ain't pay no, you pay tax miss. Six or seven million dollars it's not going to last you from 24, 25, 26 for the next 50, 60 years. Exactly. Exactly. And, and see, that's the thing. I, you know, that's the reason why when we go back to the levels of talking about the high school prospect coming to college is that we want, we want families and we want supporters to be very humble as possible. Make sure that they can get the best offer as far as free education. And you know, but you never know. You never know. On any level, I believe if you're a good enough individual, you'll make it to the league. There's been there's been players in the SWAC that's made it to the league and done well. On any level, there's been players in the MEAC that's made it to the NFL and done well, and done better than people in the P5. It's about so it's not all about coming from the country you come from. Sometimes it's about are you good enough? And I want and so what I want these families to do that again. I'm gonna plug it in again. That's why we got you know future college prospects. It's because you know in in, in 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 any sport, we want the families, and we want people that are concerned to put these guys in camps. It's not all about the coaching. Put them if they want to get better at basketball. You have all summer. You have two months in the summer. There should be no excuse in the summertime that you don't have your prospect at a camp. If it's basketball camp, if it's football camp. Yeah, um, I ran track one year, and I'm not sure if I told this, but there was one summer I went and I did long jump for a coach that coached at Murray, her house. Uh -huh. And man, I jumped, I jumped 18, almost 19 feet. Man, I never told that story, and that's pretty, that's pretty solid. And what the coach told me was, he said, "Man, Pearl, when utilizing you, he said I've been watching you when you raced." He said, Pearl didn't utilize you for all your talents. He said, you have more talents that I can utilize you in. And, you know, the coach at Pearl didn't like that, but to me, it was a good idea because it gave me other areas to work in. Sometimes these these guys don't even know their own talents. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Right. You know, you may have other coaches that see other things, or you may, if you go to a camp, you may have other areas that you can improve on or this, that you didn't know you had when you was coaching, you was playing on the season. Right, no doubt about it, man. And it's just everybody has a place in this. You know, we 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 came up with this page to, to to put information in the parents' hand as well as the kids' hand. But like I say, it, it's gonna take some. It's gonna take some work on everybody's hand, you know, because it's gonna. It's we, I'm not gonna, you know, tell it tell it a lot to you. It's gonna it's gonna cost it's gonna cost a little money here and there, but it's nothing ridiculous. I'm talking about like you said, you can find many accounts that's twenty, twenty five dollars. The most you can talk about is fifty dollars. You know, and, and that's that's on the high end. That's on the high end. And it's gonna it's gonna take some travel, be it right around here in Mississippi or to neighboring states. Now it's not we're not talking about going to California or or the Maine, but you know, you 
No, you might have to camp, travel to Louisiana or to Alabama or to Tennessee or to Georgia. No, they right around you, know. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's worth it by 100% because you, what you're doing is if you're a parent or you're a concerned uh, uncle or auntie or what have you, what you're doing is you're investing in, in the prospect's life. It's not like it's about yeah. the particular time. It's about, hey, I'm going to make an investment in the prospect's life to be better. So I'm going to do what it takes right now to make sure that they're getting the full capacity. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. Would you would you shortchange your own self? Would you would you if if your if your car if your car takes ninety three octane, would you give it eighty seven? No. Give it 93? No. And that's where you got to look at your prospect. If if your prospect can get more exposure, even even though it plays football, plays basketball, soccer in the season, or what other sports you, you, you uh, may have you, you want to give it the full capacity. So that's the reason why you want to make sure that they get to any camp they can because you're giving them 93 octane. You're not giving them 80, 87. You're, giving, you're right. giving them the premium gas. So a uh, super gas. So that, that's why you have to look at when getting these camps. It's more about not the money and the travel. It's more about the investment. Are you investing right. fully into the prospect to make sure that they get their needs met? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I mean, that's what I was feeling tonight. You know, we're going to definitely go back to name as, as we get closer closer to these jamborees, which basically they probably will start practice for the jamborees in, in less than in the next three weeks or so. So we'll definitely. But that had to be said because it's something that's definitely going on around the country, and it it has to be done. And then I'm just word to the wise, and I tell this to any recruit that's out there. Never, and I'm not trying to make everybody seem like they're a bad guy because they're many good people. But as a whole, just because somebody pat you in your back or smile in your face when you're a big time recruit. Don't take take that with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, a lot of people are just concerned about what you can do for them. And then the true measure you'll see once you're no longer part of that program and you're away from there, you'll see how people treat you then. And then you'll know what the real is from the fake. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. But yeah, man, like I said, we had a good good show. And a lot of different topics to talk about, man. Um, I think we need to probably post one again on Thursday and bring okay. a couple other people in to, to chime in. Like, I, I would love to have uh, Miko Williams in. I talked to him this morning. Um, yeah. We had a, a conversation from the SES Mississippi uh, to come okay. in and chime in. We know we we know him as our personal friend from school and, and kind of like uh, in our groups, we talk a lot about different sports and things like that. But I want to bring him in to kind of get his insight on a lot of different topics we did we cover, and if we could get we could get Larry Walker, one of our family members, uh, on the Walker to Walker. Uh, if we can get him in uh, this week, it'd be great as well, man. Okay, we're gonna make that. We're gonna definitely make every attempt to do that. Start trying to turn it into like a roundtable discussion, and uh, just try to expand it and go from there, man. Most definitely, man. Uh, 
we'll, we'll, we'll definitely set, no doubt about it. Thursday night, come back again okay. to Walker to Walker. We'll set it again, and we'll have it. Make sure we, we post on Facebook. I try to get it probed on Twitter, too. We can get everybody in. We can get live listeners. And uh, most likely, we'll try to get, you know, live listeners. And as we grow, we'll be able to, you know, post it more and, and, and get more insight on what we're doing, man. Right. All right, man. We're going to wrap it up for the night, man. Like I said, I'll see you Thursday. Okay. We'll see you Thursday, man. Same time. All right, man. All right, man.